Good evening, church. So there was this burglar. There's this burglar, and he, and he breaks into this house. He knows that there's nobody there, and he's sneaking through the lounge, and he hears this voice. The archangel Michael is watching you. And he freezes. Nothing happens. And then he moves a little bit more. And he hears a voice. The archangel Michael is about to strike. Where's this voice coming from? And he looks. And there he sees his little birdcage. And in it is this parrot. And he says to the parrot, was that you? He goes, yes. He says, you intelligent parrot. He goes, I am. He says, what's your name? He says, Ethelred Cedric Engelbert III. He goes, what a name. Who, what kind of person gave you that name? He said, well, the same person who named the champion Doberman who's right behind you. He gave me my name. <laughs> Friends, we are in our final week of our sermon series called Rooted. And it's about laying deep foundations. God wants the house of your life to be secure, to be prosperous, to go from strength to strength, be it your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your studies, everything. And uh, we've got a video from a man who's a geologist who knows a whole lot about foundations. So we're going to play it. Beautiful couple in the church. Their sons serve, um, Ethan and Tate and, and Robert and Sue are just incredible couple who also serve in this church. So if we could play that video and then we'll move into the word. Thank you. Hi everybody, we've been speaking about foundations. I'd like to tell you about two projects that I've had the privilege of working on. By way of introduction, my name is Robert, married to Susan. I've got two boys, Tate, who's 19, Ethan, who is 16. Biblical foundations and uh, establishing foundations in our lives, uh, I've had the opportunity to think about parallels uh, with the work that I do. Um, as an earth scientist, uh, I deal with soil and ground conditions and their suitability for foundations. Uh, the geotechnical studies that we do provides information to the engineering team who are able to go out and design and build foundations suitable for the buildings. The first project I would like to tell you about is the upgrading of sanitation or toilet facilities at schools uh, in Limpopo. Here you can see how a important building has been rendered completely useless because of poor uh, foundation design and construction. Um, the second project is a completely different scale. It was a dolomite risk assessment that we did for a corporate office block in Centurion. Uh, this multiple story office building is built on dolomite, which is a water soluble rock. Uh, prone to the formation of sinkholes. This means that an environment that is stable can become unstable in time. Based on the information that we gave to the engineers, they were able to design and construct a foundation that's able to withstand a 6 by 6 meter catastrophic material loss. In other words, the hole the size of a double garage can open up under the office complex and the boarding will stay put. And so, Observations. Every building is built with a purpose and for a purpose. Every building needs a foundation, not just the big ones, even the little ones. Don't ever mistake lowly for not important. If you think about that, that toilet block, 
I don't know how often you've had to drive and count the kilometers to the next pit stop. Your life is important. That means your foundation is important. Second observation is that despite the difference in complexity uh, and scale, the, off, the foundation for the office complex and the toilet are remarkably similar in design. Both are designed to be able to withstand the environment in which they are built. Your foundation is to anchor you in the place where God has put you. That's going to be different for each one of us. The importance of your foundation is it needs to keep your life stable and so that community, as it were, can come and find fulfillment of your purpose. And so as we consider biblical foundations and their importance in our lives, remember that your life is a building, a temple to God's honor for His service. Building, reinforcing your foundations is a priority. If you want your life to bring honor to God, if you want to serve your community, if you want to see His kingdom come, on earth is easy heaven. Come on. Can we, can we pray for a moment? Can we bring our foundations before the Lord? Father, we bring our lives, Lord, the framework, the structure of our lives before you. Father, we want to build well. We don't want to start building and then it's a calamity, Father. And so, Father, I pray, Lord God, as your word comes forth, above all, as your Holy Spirit moves, Lord God, Lord, if there's any, any area of our lives where our priorities, our practices, our focus, our desires are, are mismatched to your heart, to your word, I, I pray for, for that gentle correction. Lord, may we build right. May we build deep. May we build well. We pray this. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about the foundation or the root of being immersed. Now, how many of you know about method acting? How many you know about method acting? You guys are the smart guys because in the other services, hardly anybody knew. Okay, so method acting is a way of acting whereby you completely immerse yourself into the role. So if you have to act like an exhausted person, what the method actors like Daniel Day-Lewis or um, Brad Pitt do, they make themselves like super tired, like don't sleep for 48 hours. So when they go into sit, they're not just acting tired, they're absolutely exhausted. So they put themselves into that place, the emotions, the fatigue, whatever it is, so that it doesn't look like they're acting because they're really off, tired or exhausted or happy or whatever it might be. A lot to be said for, for that form of immersion. Another immersion is language immersion. You want to you wanna learn a language really well? I say one of the best ways is to put yourself into that environment where they're just speaking Japanese. And uh, there's no English at all. So that's language immersion. They say the best way to learn a culture is to actually be there. Not with books or you know, YouTube videos, but to actually be there. So we're going to talk about immersion today. And I want to ask you, what are you immersed in? What are you immersing yourself in every day? Is it chasing money? Is it shopping? Is it finances? Is it your career? Is it pornography? What are you, what are you deeply immersed in? And, and I'm going to give you four immersions which God offers us. There's at least four. 
think there's five that Scripture talks about. Five immersions, but I'm going to look at four tonight, that God has for us. And if you take hold of them, there's blessing, and there's life, and there's joy, and there's wonder. I came home from one of my trips. I, I actually, this is, part, this is my church, but you don't see a lot of me. Um, but I do love you. <laughs> I came home, and um, there's a word in, in, in the Greek that's used in the Bible called bapto, which is, literally means to dip. It's like when Jesus said, the man who dip, dips his bread into it. A dip is like an in and out. But there's another word called baptizo, which literally means to immerse. So I came home, and Nicola had made a whole lot of these. And she took red onion... And she added vinegar and water and one or two other things. And she has made the most spectacular onion thing that I've ever tasted. <laughs> and it goes like on anything, you know. It's like lunch, supper, really goes well with avocado and uh, pizza and chicken. I've, I've been tempted to have it for breakfast, but I'm not sure how my breath would be. But, but what's happened is that this onion, which by itself wouldn't have been great, has taken on just some of the vinegar and, and the water, and, and so it has changed. And when we talk about baptism or baptizo or immersion, we're talking about something being completely immersed into the solution, so much so that a permanent change takes place. We're so used to the word baptism, but we, we've lost the meaning of it. It means immersion. That causes the object to, to change in its flavor, and its fragrance, yes. and the very nature of its being is changed. Yes. And there are four baptizios that are offered to us. And we're going to look at them tonight. In some ways, this is a simple teaching. But what is going to be really exciting at the end is that if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to trust that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit will be yours. So I'm going to teach simply, but at the end, it's when Jesus shows up that the fun really starts. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 6 talks about, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary or the kindergarten principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Some Bibles translate it as completion or maturity. So leaving nursery school. Let us move forward into completeness and maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance and of faith in God and of the doctrine of baptisms, more than one baptism. And we're going to look at these four. Now, I love babies. I'm looking forward to being a grandfather. My son's getting married this year. No pressure on him. But, uh, so two-year-olds, I really like two-year-olds. Now, we know that two-year-olds have, uh, have tantrums. And I'm cool, I'm going to be cool looking after my grandkids, okay? No problem. But if my grandson, granddaughter is acting at 12, the way he or she was acting at 2, it's not so cool, right? I'll be like looking at James going, come on, buddy, get your act together. If uh, he or she's acting like a two-year-old when they're 22, it's a serious problem. And if they're acting that way at 32, we're probably going to put them in an institution, Right? That sounds harsh. <laughs> we'll be on our knees praying. <laughs> we'll be doing all that we can. If you're young in the Lord, it's okay. 
but you're not meant to stay young in God all the time. You're meant to grow up. And growing up means that you move beyond these things into the fullness of what God has for you. So as we go through these four baptisms, these four immersions, I hope you're saying, I'm there. If you're saying, I don't have it, you know what you need to do? is just be hungry and just be humble and say, I want it because I want to grow up. I want to move into the fullness of what God has for me. So the first one, baptism in water. What is that? It's going under the water. It's not a sprinkle. And it's about identifying with Jesus' death and his resurrection. Colossians 2 is really interesting. And it says this, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So there's two things here. There's the burial, which speaks of his death, and the resurrection. Now, when we are baptized and we identify with his, his death and burial, clearly we're not paying the price for our sins, right? Jesus has done that. So, so in what way are we identifying? This is what I believe it, it's saying. Jesus is the ultimate example of the volunteer. He's the ultimate example of someone who says, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Not me, but you. And identifying with Jesus in his burial, in his death, is saying that you're not going to do it your way any longer. You are walking in the footsteps of Jesus, and you're saying, not my will, but your will be done. You're willing to go as far as dying to your preferences, to your flesh, and you die to that. The beautiful thing is you don't stay down there. I've been to baptisms when they hold people down. <laughs> been to any of those river baptisms. And they do it like five times, and the baptized all starts drowning as well. But <laughs> I distract myself. We don't stay down. We are raised. We identify with his resurrection. And baptism brings a fullness. And it brings a breakthrough. And it brings a life to us. So let's break it down. What is baptism? Baptism in order. It's about being a follower of Jesus. Jesus was baptized. He did it to fulfill all righteousness. Who are we not to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? The awesome news is we're baptizing two weeks' time the 29th. So if conviction is falling, just open up your calendar and just say, I'll be there. Two things that are so interesting about baptism. It's a prophetic act of obedience and it's a physical act that brings spiritual power. The, the early church looked at it. The Roman Catholic Church calls it graces. I don't fully understand it. But that physical act, that prophetic act, brings power to you. I remember when I was in matric, I was a serial altar responder. Have any of you done that? You know, who wants to give their heart to Jesus? And it's me, you know? And then I wouldn't go to church again, and I'd go my way of the flesh, and then three weeks later I go to church, who wants to give their heart to Jesus? And it's me. I'm sure they saw me coming. But I, <laughs> but I was wrestling. I'm, I'm wrestling my soul. I want to serve God, but I'm not serving God. It's my flesh, and you know, I, I'm doing the things that I don't want to do. You know when the change came for me? Baptism. I got baptized near the end of that matric year, and things changed. If you backwards and forwards in your faith, you up and down, you come to church, you don't come to church, you're doing well, you're not doing well, and you haven't been baptized yet, I'm telling you, it brings a power to your life. 
any obedience to God brings a power to your life. Any obedience. But this one in particular, it brings a breakthrough and brings a power. Thirdly, it's a public declaration. Many countries of the world today, they don't mind if you believe in Jesus. The minute you stand up and you get baptized, boom, that's when stuff comes on you. I had the privilege of baptizing a, a young man in December. He was like super cool. He was actually like, he's like a 15-year-old, so a very young man. Um, he's like super cool, like thousands of Instagram followers, blah, 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 you know. And uh, I wasn't like 100% comfortable because he wanted to be baptized in a swimming pool. So I baptized him. And it was, I mean, God was there, and I said to him, make sure, make sure you put your baptism on your Instagram page. Make sure you do it. Sadly, he didn't do that. And I'm like, I reflect on, was that a, was that a proper baptism? Now, proper from my side. Just not sure if it was proper from him, because a baptism is meant to be a public declaration. Now, if I wasn't married, and I put on a ring, it wouldn't make me married, Right? I am married. If I take off my ring, it doesn't make me unmarried, correct? Being baptized doesn't make you a Christian. And not being baptized doesn't make you not a Christian. But, but you know, I love Nicola. I'm crazy about her. So I wear this ring with joy that I'm hers and, and, and she's mine. And that's what baptism is about. It's saying, I love Jesus. He's come into my life. I've given him my heart and he's blessed me. Why wouldn't you want to declare to the world that he is your Lord and Savior and he's taken away your sins and he's changed your life? So, who's it for? It's for everyone who's repented. Does your life have to be perfect? No, nobody's life is. But it's for all who believe and all who say, Lord, I want you. Breakthrough came for me once I got baptized. And when should you do it? You should do it immediately. You should do it in two weeks' time. <laughs> when you say immediately. <laughs> There's an example of Philip, the evangelist, and how he goes down on this road heading to, heading to Egypt, and he bumps into this high official in, in, in the court of Candace, the Ethiopian queen, and he's reading Isaiah, and he says he doesn't understand it, and Philip gets on the chariot and he explains it to him and he explains all about Jesus and repentance and faith in God and baptism. And he says, what's to stop me from getting baptized now? He says, nothing. Let's do it. And, they bap and he baptizes him. And then Philip does this like teleportation thing. He disappears and off goes Candace. And that, they say, is the start of the Coptic Ethiopian church from Philip. But it was immediate. It was immediate following his repentance. So don't say, I have to do Making Disciples Victory Weekend. You know, I'm on probation for six months in this church. No. If you are following Jesus, if you believe in him, then you need to get baptized. Okay, the next baptism is into the body of Christ. Now, there are two aspects to this. The first one happens when you give your life to Jesus, when you put your faith in him, when you are born again. Immediately, you're added into the family of God, the church universal. And you'll only see the vast majority of them when you're in glory. But there's another aspect to being baptized into the body. And that is that you willingly, consciously, deliberately, continuously commit to being in the body of Christ in a very real way. Acts chapter 2 is our model of what the early church was like. 
couple of verses. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And that word devoted in the Greek is the same word as the devoted in English. Okay. What are you devoted to? <laughs> what, are your, what are you devoted to? Television? Netflix? Every day. We don't even ask every day. We just say come to Connect Group, you know, once a week and come to church on a Sunday. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad, together with glad and sincere hearts. And they continued praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, some versions say daily, those who are being saved. A couple of things we see here. They were devoted to community. They met regularly. If you come to church once every three weeks, you're welcome. You're so welcome. But you're not in community. Okay? You, you, you're not in community. Please change it. Please still keep coming once every three weeks, but can't you up it? Siv <laughs> used to say... Um, He'll just say whatever he thinks, and then I'll clean it up. Now it's the other way around. <laughs> and what they did was spiritual activities. They devoted themselves to prayer, the apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread, and to fellowship. If you've got a book club, I'm really happy for you. I'm part of a running club. It's cool. But that's not community. That's not community. Unless you are praying in the Word and, and around Jesus, that's not really community. What was the outcome? There was gladness. There was praise unto God. And there was favor on their lives. And lastly, there was revival because of these things. Breaking of bread, fellowship, apostles' teaching, and prayer. There was revival in their midst. Now, Brené Brown tells an incredible story. <laughs> I'm also a Brené Brown fan. The latest book I particularly enjoyed, but I distract you and myself. She tells a story about a village where all the women washed their clothes together down by the river. That was the custom. And then electrification came, and somehow they all got washing machines. And there was a sudden outbreak of depression amongst the women. And no one could figure it out. And, you know, were the washing machines causing depression in of themselves? The conclusion was, it was the absence of time spent together. It was the absence of community that these women were enjoying together as they'd washed the clothes by the river that was causing life and joy and peace to come upon them. Probably the most thorough foundational study on community is the Harvard study, which you can look up. There's an incredible TED talk in 2015 called What Makes a Good Life. It started in 1938. They took 268 Harvard students, and they tracked their lives from 1938 all the way through. There's only about 19 of them still alive. At that stage, nobody knew anything about things like empathy and attachment. But this was the conclusion. The key to health and life and aging well was this. Three things. Relationships, relationships, relationships. <laughs> They looked at them when they were in their 50s. You know what they found? It wasn't 
their cholesterol levels that were the determinant of whether they'd get to 80 or not. It was how satisfied they were in their relationships. The people who were most satisfied in community and in their marriages, they were the ones that were the healthiest at 80. And those that were least satisfied were dead. Loneliness kills, says Robert Waldinger. It's as powerful in terms of its detrimental effect as smoking or alcoholism. Now, there's many communities that we can have and many ersatz, fake communities that we can have. But you know the community that God has for us is the church. Where it's not based on race or socioeconomic status, but it's based on love. And so based on what God has done for us and his love for us and our love for one another. And you know the world can't understand it. As we come together, people from different tribes and tongues, to do this together to the glory of God. Not only does God receive glory, but we are changed, and we are blessed, and we prosper. Now, maybe you've gone to Connect Group and they treated you bad. Maybe you came today and you needed a hug and nobody gave it to you. I'm sorry, sincerely, if church experience has not been what it should be. I mean that. But don't let your experience rob you from what God has for you. Can you persevere? Can you press in? Find another connect group. Yes. Even find another church. No, don't find another. Okay, find another church. <laughs> find a place. Find a church community. Find a connect group. Be in a place where you can prosper. Don't let your past negative experiences or your judgment or their judgment steal from you what God has for you. He wants to immerse you into the body of Christ. And you prosper. Pardon? And, and it will cause you to prosper. It will cause you to live the life that you meant to live. Third immersion. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's so important. They'd received the word from Jesus. They'd received fellowship. They had relationship with him. And he says this to them. One of the last things he says, Acts chapter 1. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait there. Just pause, tiger. Just slow down. Before you go out, wait in Jerusalem for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed in the Holy Spirit. You will be changed by the Holy Spirit. Your very nature will be changed. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, things changed. No longer was I afraid. No longer was I intimidated. I mean, I remember I used to like, when I first came back to the Lord, um, people said, oh, so what are you doing this weekend? And I was going on a church camp. I said, uh, I'm going away with my dad. I was like ashamed to tell people I was going to a church camp. So I said, I'm going away with my dad, you know, kind of half lie, you know, my, my heavenly father. <laughs> half lie. There's no such thing as a half lie. I was misleading. I was deliberately misleading. But when the Holy Spirit came upon me, a courage and a fire came upon me. Let's look at this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is distinct 
from salvation. It is different to salvation. Read the book of Acts. Time and time again, they came upon them and they said, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They said, no, we were only baptized in water. They laid their hands on them and the Holy Spirit fell and they were changed. So don't think to yourself that, you know, when I got saved, I got everything. There's more. There's so much more. It's different to salvation. Secondly, how do you get it? You seek it. You ask for it. You wait in Jerusalem. You press in and, and, you, and you ask and you keep asking. So when I did get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I asked and they prayed for me. And the earth didn't move for me. Now, God responds differently to different people. Okay, I'm not, I don't fall down as much as some other people. Okay? And there's no judgment for those who fall down. And there's no judgment for those who stand up. It was Billy Sunday the great uh, evangelist said, I don't care how high you jump as long as you walk straight when you come down. <laughs> but, but, but what I did was I went up and, and they prayed for me. A week later, prayed for me again. A week later, prayed for me again. I can't tell you exactly when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somewhere between the, that, that, that time. But I kept asking. I kept pressing in. Will you keep pressing in? Maybe you've been prayed for before and, and you want to you speak in tongues and it hasn't happened yet. Can you keep pressing in? Can you keep asking God? What's the effect? You become a whole lot nicer <laughs> or a whole less horrible. <laughs> the joy and the, and the life of God and the patience and the gentleness, the fruits of the Spirit become more manifest in you. Um, do you have a problem with yourself? Maybe you need more of the Holy Spirit, more of His power. And secondly, I've already touched on this. A power comes upon you to be a witness, to stand up for Jesus, to be unashamed. And that's what he said in Acts 1 verse 8. You'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is given and, and it's a, the touch of God and it's experiential and it's wonderful. And, and more, Lord, may we experience Him more and more. Yes. And may our lives look more and more like Jesus. But it's not just for us. It's also that we would be his witnesses, that we would stand up for him. How does it happen? For the most part, now there's exceptions in Scripture and there's exceptions in, in real life, but for the most part it happens through the laying of hands. That people just like you and me put their hands on you, they pray for you, Jesus is the baptizer, and you get immersed in the Holy Spirit. It's as simple and as beautiful as that. And all you need to do is to say, come, come, Lord, I want you. All you need to do is come forward and we'll pray for you. And maybe it's week two for you. Maybe it's week three. But don't give up. Keep pressing in. So scripture that helped me when I was, when I was wrestling with, with hey, if, if, if they pray for me, how do I know I won't receive a tokolosh or something, you know? <laughs> huh? Is this kosher, you know? Jesus said, and it's present continuous tense, Ask and keep asking and it will be given to you. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, find. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then this verse 11 in particular. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? I mean, that's like a horror movie, you know? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Isn't that a beautiful promise? Yeah. That you don't have to worry. You just say, 
Father, give me what Jesus promised. Give me this Holy Spirit that I would experience more of you, that I would be transformed and, and look more like you, and that I would have power and be able to declare more of you. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One more baptism. This is the baptism that is least sought after. Anybody want to guess? Fire and suffering. Ah. Okay, if you want to leave now, you can leave quickly, okay? Now, let me give you the good news and the bad news. If you're a true son, daughter of the Most High, if you're a true son, daughter of the Most High, either you have suffered, or you are suffering, or you will suffer. Because we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, it might not be that harsh. It might just be subtle mocking. It might be just that people don't think you're so cool and being cool is like really important to you, you know? So that feels like big suffering. But anyone who wants to follow after Jesus will at some stage receive a degree of suffering, a degree of persecution. I mean, in truth, I feel like this, this particular baptism, you can avoid some of it if you don't want to be all in. And you could still make it to heaven. But you know what? Don't you want to be an overcomer? Don't you want to be an overcomer that despite what comes your way, you're burning for him? That you like Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, a.k.a. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you say, oh, king, we're not careful in this. Our God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. That's the baptism that we should be willing to embrace. Lord, whatever it takes for the glory and for the honor of your name, that people might know, that people might hear, that people might look at my life and say, there's something that convicts me, there's something that challenges me, there's something that inspires me. This is the baptism of suffering, which I pray you'd be willing to, to embrace some of it. We wrap up. There's four immersions. There's that immersion into saying, I'm following Jesus. I'm identifying with him. There's the immersion into the body of Christ community, which takes your intentionality, takes you signing up for connect group, takes you opening up your heart and your life. There's the immersion in the Holy Spirit, which is so fun and so cool and so wonderful and so empowering. And there's the immersion into suffering, which is about us overcoming. Can we all stand together? I want to ask the ministry team to come forward now. So the, me getting you to stand was primarily logistical. Church is not over. If you're a ministry team leader, if you're a connect leader, please come forward. I want to divide into two groups. If you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is your side. Okay? Or if you're like not sure if you're in week one, two, or three, and you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit or even breakthrough in tongues, then come to this side. If you just need some kind of breakthrough, life is tough, all right? Your body, your finances, your soul, then these good people will pray for you. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to have deep foundations. We want to have lives that glorify you. We want to have lives that go the distance. 
And Father God, I pray that if in any of these errors, any of these immersions, any of these baptisms, we are, we are not there, Lord, grace us. Lord, grace us to follow after you and to die to self. Lord, grace us to be added into community despite our fears or our hurts. Lord, grace us to, to push in, to push in with a hunger and a humility for all that you have in terms of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we go through suffering, Lord God, strengthen us. Strengthen us in our inner man that we see the prize, Lord God, that we recognize it's all worth it. I just want to make the front open now. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forward now on your right. And if you need breakthrough in some other area, just as the music plays, come forward to the, to the front on the side. We're just going to worship the Lord. If you're not coming forward for anything, if you're not praying for people, just ask God for more of Him. This is not a spectator sport. This is you and God. Just ask God for more where you are if you're not coming forward. some more leaders to come help us at the front. We've got lots of people here. Amen. Just need some more leaders to come help pray. Thank right. you so much. As the leaders are coming up, I want to add one more thing I really feel like the Lord wants to do this evening and we, this first row here will be baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to create one more row at the front here. Um, there's some of you here this evening who've been having dreams and you've been struggling to interpret those dreams. I really feel tonight God is going to release spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom over your dreams. So if you hear anyone here who's been having dreams and you're struggling to interpret those dreams, anyone here? See, see, I see the hand. If, if, you're, if you're that person, we're going to create another row here in the front and we're going to spend some time praying with you as well.
continue to pray as long as we need to if you need to go God bless you visitors love to connect with you straight after the service through those doors on the left in Tando so next week will be our heritage celebration we encourage you to please bring a snack that represents your culture and come dressed in your traditional regalia um, visitors, please through the glass doors, meet us in the guest lounge. Um, and then there is a fruit splash happening in the foyer. Please don't rush home. Grab some fruit. Get to know someone. God bless and good night. See you next week. We are
Baptize us again. Baptize us again. Let your fire fall on us. Let your fire fall. Baptize us again. Let your fire fall on us. Let your fire fall. Baptize us again. Baptize us again. Let your fire fall on us. Let your fire fall. Baptize us again. Baptize us again. Let your fire fall on us. Let your fire fall. Baptize us again. Baptize us again. Let your Let your fire fall on us. Let your 